This episode is brought to you by Buffalo Trace Distillery. Powerful yet smooth. Contained but never tame. Proudly going their own way, but never going alone. This is the spirit inside Buffalo Trace bourbon. Made at Buffalo Trace Distillery, the world's most award-winning distillery. Buffalo Trace is always perfectly untamed. Distilled, aged, and bottled by Buffalo Trace Distillery, Franklin County, Kentucky. 90 proof, 45% alcohol by volume. Learn more at buffalotracedistillery.com. Please drink responsibly. The Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. And we're also brought to you by the SGPN World Cup Free Roll. SGPN is giving away $250 cash and a $250 gift card to the winner. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. And welcome into the Fantasy Football Podcast presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me today is one of my favorite people in the fantasy football space, Mr. Jeremy Popes. Jeremy Popolars, how are we doing, sir? Uh, I'm doing, you know, I am, I'm getting ready for, obviously you're not listening to this today, but Thursday Night Football. So, you yeah. know, getting ready for that. Um, I'm pretty excited. I'm, bar- I'm getting ready to b- hunker down, you know, it's getting six feet of snow tonight, so. Yeah, you don't uh, you don't get to take a trip to Detroit this weekend, unfortunately, this, no. to see the game. But uh, your Bills do; they're they're going to travel well in yeah. the storm. That should be uh, it. Should be interesting to see how many fans go. You know, I, I know they did that once in the past, and yeah. we actually had a decent amount of fans. I think. I was going to say, I I feel like uh, Bills uh, Bills country is already moved, you know, migrating to Detroit. You know, as as the winter winds yeah. blow, there out goes the Bills fans uh, heading to Detroit. It's not too far, especially if they go right. to Canada and. The storm's supposed to stop, I think, Saturday. So, if it does, I'm see. Sure that's what I'm saying, man. Out. All these, all these weather people, all these experts—they're—they're yeah. they're always building it up, and then you get there, and it's just like, all right, it wasn't really that bad. And I understand, like, I, I get this situation, like, I get the move. It makes sense if that is the realistic expectation. If you're going to have six feet of snow, but come on, like game time. I guarantee it would be cleared up. The field would be cleared. I think it's more of just a concern of you know, fans, like, are, are you really going to have fans in that building and during the game that entire time? And I feel like, you know, that lackluster is kind of a turnoff, you know, for the NFL. Like they, they're not trying to, you know, have a COVID style game, you know, in, in a snowstorm. Yeah. I think you'd still get a lot of fans. I, I don't think it's mm-hmm. that way. I think, I think what it comes down to is, is the uncertainty because it did start mm-hmm. out that it was supposed to go till Sunday. I know they're talking about it possibly ending Saturday at some point or like the heaviest mm-hmm. portion being, tonight into saturday so but they got to make the call now you know they can't make sure, it on saturday sure. and be like oh yeah actually everybody we're going here so mm-hmm. it is what it is I, I mean honestly it's probably better for us as as fantasy uh managers definitely that definitely. you're gonna have a game that's in a dome now versus a game that might have had you know three inches per hour of a snowfall which is a mm-hmm. lot of snow if you don't know what that is so yeah exactly <laughs> that's a yeah, lot I'd... of snow coming down 
I had Josh Allen at quarterback nine, so I'm definitely moving him up now for sure. You know, he's playing playing in a dome. So I was not excited to start him. I probably would have searched for better options. I mean, you can talk about him a little bit too. The elbow. I mean, he looked fine in the in the last game, but you know, if he was coming in still questionable in the snow, like I was, you know, I was turned off by that. I was uh I was actually going to fire up Marcus Mariota over him, which I did last week, and that worked out. So, but let's get in right into the uh, the starter sits here. Let's uh, let's start getting into some fantasy talk. Um, if you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Twitter at SGPN Fantasy, like this video, and follow us on YouTube at SGPN Fantasy Football. Speaking of Marcus Mariota, he is at the front of our conversation for the starter sits. We've got Jimmy Garoppolo at Arizona or Marcus Mariota at home versus Chicago. Which way are you going here, bud? Um, so I am actually going to roll with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, mm-hmm. I think both are all um are both are good options this week um i i do like mariota i just don't know the floor is a little bit safer with mariota i think on the rushing aspect of it um but jimmy garoppolo against arizona is a pretty good matchup for me um i i just also think that jimmy garoppolo has been a little bit underrated this season um he's not gonna win you your league but i think he's a quality you know like 12 this week that's where i have him so like Mm -hmm. right on that cusp of one and two where I have Mariota at 14. So it's like, they're not really, you're really splitting hairs here. Um, but Arizona's matchup against, well, like the Arizona matchup for San Francisco is a little bit better. They've allowed mm-hmm. six quarterback ones this season so far. So for me, it's a little bit nicer. Whereas Chicago has been a little bit tougher, not crazy, but mm-hmm. a little bit tougher for quarterbacks this season. I, I agree with you about Mariota having a safe floor against the Bears because of that rushing upside. The Bears have been bleeding yards on the ground, but they've only allowed the 13th fewest fantasy points to the quarterback position, whereas Arizona has allowed the eighth most. Jimmy Garoppolo has been kind of a guy that I've been targeting at trade deadlines. I did move off of Jared Goff in a second-round pick for him because I love the schedule going down the stretch. Like if you're in a dynasty league and you're in a win-now type of mode, I feel like he's a guy that you don't have to, you know, overpay for, you know, that's going to have a good stretch of games uh, to close out. Um, he has, was it one, two, three, four, four games this season with at least two passing touchdowns. He is coming off just a one touchdown performance, but I like this matchup up against Arizona. It's going to be on Monday night. And you may also be missing Kyler Murray from that game. And I think Colt McCoy is even questionable as that uh, as well. So if the quarterback situation on the other side isn't very good, I feel like we could see a lot of that uh, 49ers offense on the field and you know, quite a few scoring opportunities for Jimmy here. So I am going that direction as well. I have Jimmy at quarterback 10, and I have Mariota at 13. So we're both pretty close there. I believe uh, you've got it right on the public with fantasy pros. Jimmy at 12 and Mariota at 14. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, exactly how the, uh, the, the pros at fantasy pros have it. So right around with the public there. Not bad. Uh, next up, we have Miles Sanders at Indianapolis and David Montgomery at Atlanta. So another Chicago-Atlanta matchup here. What do you think about this uh, running back option? Uh, I mean, it, it has to be Montgomery, in my opinion, going forward. I, I've always had a soft spot for David Montgomery. I know a lot of people don't like him because he's not flashy enough for them. But he's been productive. Mm-hmm. He's always had the volume. He's always been a solid, solid um running back option for fantasy just based on that volume. I know his efficiency numbers are, are pretty putrid, mm-hmm. but I mean, in the last, I think I saw a tweet today that in the last three years over weeks, 12 through 17, I believe it is. So don't quote me exactly on the weeks, but mm-hmm. this back half stretch of the season, he's averaged almost 20, over 20 points per game in PPR scoring. So for me, he just 
ended up losing. Well, I mean, the Bears ended up losing Khalil Herbert to IR, which pretty much seals this, the fate that I think. I mean, Ebner's going to see some touches, so I'm not going to say it's a full-on workhorse role, but I believe mm. it's going to be a majority. I mean, I think you're going to see upwards of 70% of the touches go to David Montgomery. So barring an injury, um, I really like that. And Atlanta is one of the easiest teams to running backs. They've given up mm. six running back ones this season. And they've allowed – hold on. Sorry, computer's slow for me. But they've mm-hmm. allowed uh, – uh, they have allowed 23.5 points in PPR scoring to running mm-hmm. backs this season on average. So, for me, I, I think he's a locked-in, loaded top 15 option this week with David Montgomery. Miles Sanders, we've kind of seen it. It's up and down. really depends on how the Eagles offense goes. Right. And even at that, he kind of lacks those touchdown upside Hurts tends to really steal those from the end zone there. Either that or it's Boston Scott for some yeah. reason. I mean, Scott's a good running back. I'm not saying for no reason in its mind right, but they just don't really like giving Miles Sanders those touches inside the red zone, at least inside the five. Well, he's had he's had quite a few touchdowns this season. Is it three? That's yeah, more than uh, ever. But... Four, five, six. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's not coming off the strongest game. He had 12 uh, carries for 54 yards against uh, Washington. And yeah, the Eagles have been just spreading the ball around, whether it's Hurts, whether it's even Gainwell, who you know is a, a very good route runner, or Boston Scott that can you know do a little bit of everything. He can catch passes. He can run downhill. I think that both of these guys are good options this week, but between the two, I'm with you. I'm going to lean Montgomery. He's my running back 16 to Sanders uh, 19 ranking this week. Both have good matchups. Indianapolis low-key, 11th most uh, fantasy points allowed to the running back position. Atlanta very close as well, 13th most. So both have a good matchup. Both aren't necessarily PPR dependent, but you brought it up, the volume. It's just it's just key here, right? You saw Khalil Herbert averaging about 13 to 14 touches a game. I have to imagine at least – seven to 10 of those are going to go to David Montgomery. And then you may have some more sprinkled in of uh, Ebner and probably Justin Fields as well. Quarterback one over the past month. He's been running the ball a lot. He's really the only concern for me with David Montgomery in this one is we get down to the red zone. You had brought up the efficiency. It hasn't been there, but that volume I feel like should push him over the edge. I actually like both of them to score a touchdown this week because I think that the Colts, like I said, it's a good matchup up on the ground. And I think a lot of people are expecting like, oh, well, it's a good matchup. They'll get Gainwell going. They'll get Scott going. I I think that Sanders could find the end zone this week. I just also believe Montgomery will as well. And that extra bit of volume will just barely put him over the edge. Uh, Fantasy Pros has these guys super tight, 15-16 in favor of Sanders. It sounds like you and me are also have them pretty close, but more so in favor of Montgomery. Yeah, at the moment I have them 14-15, so I'm like a little higher than Fantasy yeah. Pros, but mm-hmm. it might change a little bit. You know, like they have some guys ahead of them. I mean, Stevenson's a little interesting against the Jets, a good run defense. Damian Pierce ahead of them. So, I mean, I might mm-hmm. bump Montgomery up. I feel like Sanders, I'm going to stick at 15. I think I, mm-hmm. he might fall a little bit some guys behind him depending on you know like pollard might jump him if zeke misses again you know like there's some Mm -hmm. guys that eh, i I do like the matchup for sanders but i just feel like it's a little it's a little bit more i feel like it's riskier just because there are like you Mm -hmm. mentioned scott hurts all those guys and honestly fields has been stealing a lot of work from the running backs as well even there in chicago so we do have to worry about that um but I do, like you said, I think both could find the end zone. There's a good probability this week. So I like them both as good starts, both top 24 mm-hmm. guys. So yeah, I think there's a lot of situations out there where people, you know, have both of these guys rostered. I have them on a couple of teams, but they're both starting. I don't have to choose between the two. They're just, yeah. they're both getting fired up. So um, kind of a similar situation with the wide receiver position. Very, another very close one Terry McLaurin or Chris Alave this week. Oof. Yeah, Oof, I mean, Terry, right. 
Terry McLaurin's made it hard for us, I guess, the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, really, if you think about it. Um, just because before, when it was Carson Wentz, it kind of seemed like Terry McLaurin had fallen out of favor. But Taylor Heineke came in, and uh, he's been lighting it up with Terry McLaurin. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Olave is a guy that kind of came onto the scene real early and just took a full advantage of a full-on opportunity that he had with um, Michael Thomas kind of now, again, out for this season. You Landry was missing a ton of time. He, he came by not even by choice or by next next to the of productivity, but he just kind of of necessity became their wide receiver one, but it was mm-hmm. fine because he, he took advantage of it and he's looked very good. Um, and I honestly, again, it's, it seems like you're picking the ones that I have back to back, but again, I have Olave at 10 and I have McLaurin at 11. Um, right. I do like Terry McLaurin, um, but Houston's been a little bit more stingy to wide receivers. I think than the, like a casual person might think um, they've mm-hmm. actually only allowed one wide receiver one um, all season. Uh, Third this fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Yeah. And I don't, I, uh, yeah. So it's been one that it did update that. I'm just trying to remember if I updated this chart, but cause it might not have had last week's, but it does. So it was one for one wide receiver one and they've allowed five wide receiver two. So it's more likely he finishes mm-hmm. as a wide receiver two this week, mm-hmm. um, at least in Terry McLaurin. But, um, They've been a sneaky good pass defense on the edge. So I think you could see a lot of the Gibson and Robinson route here for the Washington commanders. So I'm I'm a little bit less on McLaurin, and I feel like I might end up dropping him a little bit here as the weekend goes on, just as we figure mm-hmm. out some injuries, stuff like that. For example, I'd Gabe Davis below him. I might bump him yeah, up that, depending that's a good on right now. Like the Browns situation right. now that they're playing in Detroit. Um but Olave, I'm going to keep there. The Rams, again, it's another one that you sit there and you think, oh, I'm they're facing the Rams. But the Rams have allowed, the, allowed five wide receiver ones this season. Mm-hmm. So they actually have allowed – that's the fourth most. Um, they're tied with some other teams in there. But they've allowed a lot of passing yards and um, production through the wide receiver position. So they're not as vaunted against them as – they once were. And I think mm-hmm. that that's what a lot of people get scared away from that. Cause they sit there and they say, Oh, Hey, we have, they're facing the Rams. I'm out on it. Um, the only worry I guess I would have would be the Saints O line against the D line in the, in the past game there where like they could affect Andy Dalton a little bit, but right. I think Olave's in store for a pretty big game. So I'm actually going to go Olave over McLaurin. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going that way as well. Yeah. I'm going Very that way as well. Edge. I have them super close. Uh, eight, and 10 for wide receiver rankings in favor of Alave. So love them both this week. I, I, I feel like it's going to be very difficult to sit Terry McLaurin really in any situation other than, you know, having, you know, another top 10 or two other top 10 receiver options this week. Alave second in the league in total air yards for wide receivers. That's unbelievable as a rookie. Love that upside. You brought up the matchup with the Rams uh, on my end. I mean, fourth, seventh, whatever. I have him as seventh most uh, fantasy points allowed to the position. Houston with the third fewest. And I agree with you. I think it's going to be a bigger focus on putting the ball on the ground for the uh, the commandos. Last week, I believe Robinson had 26 carries and Gibson had 14, I want to say. Don't quote me on that. I can get that pulled up here in a second. But They ran the ball a lot, and it really worked for them, and they beat a very, very good team in the Eagles. So I feel like there's going to be more bread and butter on the ground running the ball for the commandos in this one. And McLaurin, you know, I don't think it's unlikely that he can walk out of this game with five or six catches for 70 to 80 receiving yards. But if you're looking for that big, booming type of production here and you're in a situation like this, I'm definitely leaning leaning in favor of Alave. 
And even at that, you know, you mentioned it. I mean, a good team, a very good defense. And Terry McLaurin had a really good game last week. So mm-hmm. um, you can't really rule him out. I mean, the only thing that hurts Terry McLaurin is appears to be Carson Wentz because he's the only mm-hmm. quarterback that he was unproductive really with. But True. With Taylor Heineke playing like McLaurin is he's a must start. It's not mm-hmm. anything there. And I do feel like some of people may be in this situation, but I'm starting McLaurin over a lot of other guys. You know, I'm starting him over Pittman. I'm starting him over Sutton, like other guys that you might have thought mm-hmm. were staples on your team, like Amari Cooper. Like the, there's guys that I oh. would definitely start yeah. both of these guys over. So like depending mm-hmm. on if, where you're sitting in this start sit decisions, like don't think that some of these other guys are even locks. You know, like Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin or Olave feel like locks to start this week. Um, I just think that they both have that ability to have a big game. So, yeah, I love it. It's very, very close between the two. They're both, you know, top 10 guys this week, but very likely that you could have both of these guys rostered just because of their ADPs. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are just able to pick up a lave off the waiver wire and, and a lot yeah. of redraft leagues. So, uh, definitely something to look out for if you do have both of those guys rostered. Me and Jeremy are both in favor of Chris Olave. Uh, next up, we're moving to the tight end position. We have Pat Fryermuth. I have it listed as Friar Mooch in the sheet. We're going to go ahead and edit that really quick. Friar Mooch versus uh, Cincinnati Bengals at home. And then we've got Greg Dolchich at home against the Raiders. Dolchich, you know, went into the dip last week. He had three really good starts as a rookie for the uh, for the Broncos, but came back down to earth, has a good matchup this week. Pat Fryermuth has seen the Bengals this season. I believe he had 10 targets in his first game. So I think that both of these guys are – Good options, we'll say. Not bad. Who do you like here? I mean, considering the state of the tight end position at the moment, I they're both good options, to be honest. It just kind of you're missing uh, a lot of the top guys that were drafted and or just very much disappointment. You know, Kyle Pitts has been a real disappointment, a guy that's hard to start right now. Um, Dawson Knox, a guy that was a higher drafted tight end, another one that's almost impossible to start just because of the – ups and downs and ebbs and flows mm-hmm. but then we just lost goddard we just lost zach Ertz. we've lost all oh. of these guys to injuries, one hurt. waller etc you know and george kittle's become more of a blocker than a pass receiver so it just kind of the tight end position is very tough to me so where it's it's greg dolchitz and it's pat fryermuth like they're mm-hmm. both very good options in my opinion to start this week um it's like especially considering the landscape, um, I was very disappointed by Dolchitz. I He had a pretty good matchup last week, and I just thought that the way that Russ has been playing, the way that they have targeted him, that he would continue that consistent play. Agreed. Um, but this week he gets another one. You know, the Raiders have allowed five tight end ones this season, mm-hmm. um, which is up there. Um, it's up in the top ten um, in the league of how many they've given up over the first uh, 11 weeks of the season. So, they're right there. Um, Pat Fryermuth, not so much. Cincinnati's actually been pretty good. Um, they've actually allowed four. So, I mean, they're basically – it's a, a pretty much a draw. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm – right now I lean Dolchich. I just think okay. the upside's a little bit more there, especially if Jerry Judy misses. Um, mm-hmm. There's also some injuries with Kendall Hinton. Um, KJ Hamler's missing. So, the pass catchers, as far as Denver goes, are very depleted at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um so I think Dolchich could be in line for some more targets, but I kind of thought that again last week. So the, the Broncos are a hard forecast, especially with the way that Russell Wilson's playing. Um, mm-hmm. But Friar is not much better. I mean, Kenny Pickett has shown flashes, but it's not like Pickett's like set in stone. You know, you can still tell he's a rookie, um, but he does tend to target Friar 
a decent amount. So in a game that might be a little bit more pass heavy, I'm I'm gonna give the edge to Fryermuth. Um, okay. I think. I thought we were gonna disagree there for a second. I thought I, I thought I we were that close. Dolchich, I mean, they're literally back to back. I'm at seven and eight right now. So like, ah, uh, I'll probably I, flip I, that like four times by the time the weekend ends. Honestly, actually, I'm not gonna lie to you, people. That's how rankings work. I've always oh, said yeah. it. You know, I mean, they're fluid until that game kicks off because it. it it's tough. You you really do. You go back and forth. You know, you, you notice a defensive matchup. Someone gets hurt at practice on Friday. Yep. You know, it changes a lot of things. So that they're just so fluid. And when you're talking here, you're talking minuscule points, especially at tight end, like seven to eight, you're talking like a point. And it could mm-hmm. matter. Obviously, you can lose by one tenth in a fantasy league. Um, you can lose by one tenth in football too if they had tenths of points. But uh they do. You know, it just I think I'm gonna still stick with Friday if I think here. Um, just because I think his volume might be a little bit heavier mm-hmm. in a game that since that Pittsburgh might be forced to throw a little bit more than Denver against the Raiders. Yeah, the the uh, Bengals have been pretty respectful to the tight end position, but two players in particular have had double-digit targets against them, and those are Mark Andrews and Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth had five catches on 10 targets for 75 receiving yards week one up against the Bengals. I'm going to go that direction again here. I just don't trust the Broncos. I don't trust Russell Wilson. And when we're looking at a rookie tight end still, you're going to get that volatility. One week he's up. Obviously, we saw him down last week. Um, the Raiders, just a couple of weeks weeks ago, they were playing the Jaguars. I was all over Evan Ingram. Oh, the Raiders, they're allowing this many fantasy points to the tight end position. Oh, Evan Ingram's had a safe floor. He's going to be great. He didn't do nothing. He didn't do anything. Last week, Kate Otten going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Most fantasy points allowed to the position. Tom Brady's thrown over 40 times in the last seven games. Three of those were over 50 passing attempts. He didn't do anything. Nothing special whatsoever. So I do like the upside for Dolchich this week. It's just that who is trusting the Broncos offense right now? You know what I mean? Like, like Exactly, exactly. Like Jerry Judy seemed like he was safe. He got hurt in the first play. First play. I was like, that's the only guy I'm willing to throw out there for the Broncos. Oh, look, he's dead. <laughs> the game didn't even start yet. It's killing yeah. me. So for, for have been absurd. Oh, dude. It's a side note. Like it, oh, yeah, absolutely. Dude, in consecutive weeks, I've had a team yeah. lose Mike Williams, Brees Hall, and Dallas Goddard. Like, yeah, my, my Scott Fishbowl <laughs> team just, I couldn't do it. I was doing good. I was like, I got this. Then literally in the same week, I like lost. I don't know if it was the same week or it was back to back weeks. I lost like Brees Hall. I lost Jamar Chase. I have lost J.K. Dobbins. I lo- I like Clyde Edwards-Alaire disappeared. Yeah, my team just went. It was like riding pretty high. I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing well, and then just poof. Dude, <laughs> I I was I was had my back up against the wall, right? Like I lose Brees Hall. I lose Mike Williams. I'm like, I'm still in it. Like I've, I've scored the third most points. Like I cannot give up on this season. I win all in last year by moving. Um, what was it? I moved to Sean Watson and a first for Derek Carr. Cause I don't remember who I had last year, but they got hurt. So I need another quarterback. So I went, I made that all in move, giving up my first round pick. Then I wound up trading for the first overall for uh, Brees Hall, just a roller coaster ride. I traded for Patrick Mahomes. I gave up literally my entire future. I gave like way, like tons and tons of picks, plus Brees Hall, actually. I get Patrick Mahomes. I'm excited. I'm like, all right, we're good. And then freaking Goddard gets hurt. Like, God. Yeah. It was so tough. It was like, I, 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 I literally I, made it in my home league. I made a trade for Mark Andrews, got one week out of him, got hurt. I was like, oh, my, oh God. my God. And that was after I already rostered Darren, Darren Waller. Waller was my tight end last year. So then, like, oh, I was getting God. tired of him being in, out, in, out, in, out. I'm like, all right, my team's pretty deep. Like I ended up trading, I think, like Mike Williams, uh-huh. uh, some running, uh, a 
depth running back and some picks right. to get Andrews. It was it was a good it was a fair price, and it just mm-hmm. then he got hurt. I was like, dang it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, Rashad Bateman got hurt too. Obviously, he wasn't doing much on that team, but uh, you know, yeah. just, I had Bateman just, on my Superflex team too, or my just, Scott Fishbowl team. So to start the year, he was great. Obviously, he faded a bit, but you know, I still think that we would have liked to have him around for the end of the season with Lamar. But whatever. Yeah. Oh, I had Burks too. You name it. If they got hurt this year, I had him in Scott Fishbowl. Well, at least at least Burks is coming back tonight. We'll see what we get out of him. I, I, I'm down. I'm like out of a playoff spot by like 140 points. There's no. Uh, there's no hope. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's pay some. Let's pay some bills really quick here. I'm going to get a quick word from the sponsors, and then we're going to come back with the uh, the second half of the show here. Uh, ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During the WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet 100 win 100 there's so much to choose from and all you have to do is head over to sportsgambling.com or excuse me sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win bet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash w-y-n-n-b-e-t to claim your free bet today offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through win bet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem please call 1-800-522-4700 And we're also brought to you by the SGPN World Cup Free Roll. SGPN is giving away $250 cash plus a $250 gift card uh, to the winner. Enter today today exclusively on the SGPN app and make sure to check out all the World Cup content on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And lastly, be sure to get your holiday shopping done early at the SGPN merch store. The SGPN gear is the perfect stocking stuffer for the DGEN in your life. Plus, now from now from uh, until Thanksgiving, you get ten percent off when you use promo code Dallas Sucks. That's store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Promo code Dallas Sucks. All right, we're back into it. We got a couple of flex questions here. We're gonna grade some trades, and then we're gonna make some fantasy football over under picks and head into our Thursday nights watching some Thursday night football. But you're watching this on a Saturday morning, so you don't really care too much about that. You already know it's like you knew the future. I know. (laughs) They're going to know if we're right before we're right. (laughs) Exactly. All right. First flex question we have here, a little bit of a tougher one. I feel like I know where we're going with this. Brian Robinson Jr. at Houston, Michael Carter at New England, or Drake London versus Chicago? Who do you like here? Uh, All right. So we got Carter, Brian Robinson, and Drake London. Correct. Um, I feel like we've already given the answer here. At least I, 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 I know mine, and I feel like it's it's I on par with what we've. Then, if you know, I'm actually not okay. I know, and this is going to sound contradictory because I said I think that the Washington's going to go through the ground. Um, I'm actually going to go Michael Carter. Okay. I guess it depends on what format you're really playing. PPR, not, we'll say P, we'll if say we're PPR. playing PPR, it's 100 Michael Carter. I think that um, New England it's going to be a team that they're not going to necessarily be able to run, run the ball on them, but they're going to probably be playing a fairly close game. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think that they're going to use that game. I mean, they ran against the Bills. I mean, the Bills aren't the greatest defense against the run, but the numbers statistically, they were pretty good, um, a little bit better than New England at the times. So I do think that the Jets can run on them, not a ton, but I think Michael Carter's going to have a pretty big game. I think he finds the end zone, and he's going to see a little bit more in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Robinson, for me, is very um, Montgomery-esque. He's very inefficient kind of on the ground. Um, he kind of just gets what's there. I never really mm-hmm. loved Brian Robinson. I know that Washington Same. kind of dubbed him as their starter. I think Gibson's the better running back still um, talent-wise, and I think Gibson's the better fantasy option. I've been ranking Gibson higher than him every single week um, mm-hmm. as far as it goes just because I think that he has a better chance of scoring touchdowns. I think he has a better chance of seeing a little bit more work, and obviously most of your rankings are half PPR. At least that's what I do, so – it's for me, it's normally Gibson over Robinson. And I actually have Robinson as like RB 32 um, this week. I, I do think they use him a lot. I just don't mm-hmm. think unless he finds the end zone, he's not going to get you viable fantasy points. That's just how it mm-hmm. works. If you're, if you're a ground and pound running back, unless you find the end zone, you're not really fantasy relevant. And it, it's hard to rely on that because then you're just basically saying, I'm going to rely on touchdown dependency. Um, and unfortunately, Drake London's in the same situation. London, again, last week had a good week for fantasy. And we're like, yay, mm-hmm. London's back. But really, he had a Drake London game and just happened to score a touchdown. Do you know what I mean? So he he doesn't yeah, see a I ton do. of volume. There's not a lot of passing volume in that offense. So again, unless he scores a touchdown, he's wide receiver 60. Mm-hmm. Then he's oh, wide damn. receiver 25 if he scores a touchdown. I got him at 30. I got him well, at 35. Well, no, you know what damn. I'm saying, though? Like, when you look <laughs> you know, at it, I, know, like, I, feel you. I don't have yeah, him yeah. ranked there. Yeah, I haven't ranked him yeah, in the yeah. 30s or 40s. But right. ultimately, that's how it works. Is it seems like his games are he's over wide receiver sixty, mm-hmm. unless he scores a touchdown. If he scores a touchdown, then yeah, he's up into the thirties or twenties. But it seems like lately, it's the volume isn't there for him to have a productive PPR week, even if he doesn't score. Where you have other mm-hmm. guys that can. So, and I think Michael Carter's that option. I I like him um, honestly a lot better than both these guys. I, he's a guy that I would definitely start. All right. Well, now we do disagree on something because I do have Brian Robinson. And I, I honestly, I have Carter ranked higher. I have him at 25 and 30. And I do think that Carter is going to get a lot of concentration in the offense. But I would bet that he is less likely to score a touchdown. And Robinson is more likely to find pay dirt. Houston is just they're, they're, they're hemorrhaging yards on the ground, right? They've allowed the most fantasy points to the running back position. New England has allowed the fewest. And that's the biggest flop there. I agree. I have London way outside of this. So he's at wide receiver 35 for me. I have Robinson at RB 30 and I have Carter at RB 25. And I will probably have to tinker with that a bit. You know, if you're looking at the fantasy pros comparison, Robinson at 27 and Carter at 28. And again, that's in PPR formats for me. Carter is going to have to take a big one to the house because I feel like if they get down in the red zone, the Patriots are going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to dog walk them, you know, and it'll most likely be the James Robinson show as he gets more acclimated in the offense. I feel like he's the guy to get used in the red zone. And I feel like the Patriots defense is good enough to, you know, stop that big play, you know, not allow Michael, Michael Carter to make those big splash up uh, splash plays, excuse me, on the swing routes or the up routes upfield and things like that. Because again, they've played very well up against the running back position. I hear you with Robinson. I have not been on that boat whatsoever, but the commandos are. They just want to give this dude all the volume. I don't understand it. I don't get it. <laughs> hey, I don't I didn't I don't understand why the 49ers gave up four picks for CMC when they have a perfectly good running back in Elijah Mitchell. But 
We, it's football. Gave, it's, gave up four picks and then just like 50-50 split his backfield. Yeah, that made a lot of they, sense. They gave a at lot least of if they teams. if they did that, they should have at least given him like the majority of the touches. Like, you know what I mean? Like they gave Elijah right. Mitchell more touches in the red zone his first week back than CMC. Like, wow, the ball's on Shanahan. I don't know who this guy thinks he is, but uh, hey, it's working out. They're, they're they're not losing games. So what are we supposed to say? You know what I mean? Like. They're not trying to win us fantasy leagues. They're trying to go to the damn Super Bowl. Like, what do you want, you know? Um, so, yeah, because of that, because the commandos are constantly giving me that volume, they're prioritizing him. And, again, in a game where you have that that juicy matchup, I I got to lean his uh, his way. Um, I, like I said, I still have Carter ranked higher. I'm probably going to have to uh, hone that in and bring it a little bit closer. All right, next up, we've got uh, – receiver heavy we've got Cortland Sutton versus the Raiders we've got Gabe Davis versus Cleveland um now in Detroit and then we've got Donta Foreman at Baltimore uh I I can't say no to the volume to Donta Foreman I mean I don't he had 30 carries last week I don't think he'll have 30 carries this week but I I cannot deny him whatsoever and I've already told you I'm way off the off the Broncos yeah for me I I don't love Cortland Sutton um I really thought that he was going to have that quote-unquote breakout type season this this year with Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. But Russell Wilson, that whole trade, I mean, everything's been a little bit disappointing for me did as you, far as that offense goes. So, Did you see the video of the guy that put a like a hex on, on Russell Wilson? No. Go check Apparently that out. I retweeted it. It's hilarious. This guy's yeah, like, right. oh, hey, this is my kitchen. I'm making this. And he's like, oh, look at this charcuterie board. And oh, over here, I have my anti-Russell Wilson shrine. He's like doing voodoo on him. <laughs> Apparently, maybe, I'm not going to. It's working. It's I, working. I know. I'm just going to say I'm not going to piss that guy off. I don't know who he is, but <laughs> I ain't pissing him off because it's working. So I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I have Cortland Sutton at wide receiver 25, um, but that's okay. significantly less than Davis, who I have at 14. Um, Davis is very boomer bust, so you have to know what you're getting into um, when you go to start him. Have to be okay with being disappointed because there's that good chance. I mean, it, it really right. is kind of how he is. Um, some weeks he's going to score you 30, next week he's going to score you one. I mean, it's just kind of how Gabe Davis rolls. Uh, it's By just the way, his role in the offense. So I'm probably going to roll Foreman, like you said. Um, I don't have Foreman ranked very high, um, mm-hmm. but it would depend on how my team's built. Um, if I'm shooting and I need my flex guy to be my upside play, I got like a safe, like, I got, I don't know, Debo Samuel or like a Terry McLaurin, who's going to be safe wide receiver two at least. Um, then maybe I shoot Gabe Davis. If I, I'm playing a team that I feel like I need that upside, maybe I'm facing a Justin, someone who has Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. or someone who has Diggs sure. who That's might a have point. a big day. Um, I might shoot with Gabe Davis because the upside's significantly higher, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Because I do think Baker Mayfield might hinder the – Panthers a bit as well as there's some rumors that I've seen that I think Darnold might play a little bit so you might get like a rotation at quarterback which could be weird Uh, Uh, not good and Shuba Hubbard still is healthy I know Foreman saw a lot of the volume last week but Hubbard could see a little bit more touches this week Mm -hmm. uh, because they do like Hubbard and and originally it started as Shuba Hubbard until he got hurt and then I never bought it I never I never I never bought it even that even that week I know Chubbard Chuba Chubba found the end zone, but Foreman still outproduced him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that first week where they did list him as a starter, I still wasn't buying it. I was trying to buy up all the Foreman I could. Yeah. Um, that share of Bateman that I mentioned, I I traded him and uh and a fourth for Dante Foreman. And look, yeah. I mean, and that paid out huge. 
they brought him in and you kind of thought when they brought him in that he was going to take that backup role. Um, So I do agree with you. I just, I think that there's enough touches taken from him because Mm -hmm. of Chuba on the basis that they want to, I think they kind of want to see what he is. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, this team's really rebuilding at this point. I mean, they're not totally rebuilding, but they're not competing for anything. I think they just want to see, okay, yeah, Foreman can, win us some games, but he's not the answer long-term. Let's see if Chuba has a value to us in this offense right. um, or at least to this franchise going forward. So I have him at running back 19. Baltimore's not the best matchup either against running backs. So for me, I'm going to, I'm going to go Davis um, unless I want a safe play. Like you said, the volume for Foreman feels a little bit safer um, right. for he- like that eight to 10 point range. If he finds the end zone, you're going to probably be up in the teens, but it'll just be really touched on dependent there. Well, I trust the Panthers to run the ball a lot. We've already mentioned the bad quarterbacks. That's how you're going to protect your quarterback and your offense is just, hey, let's 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 get, uh, gather up the boys. Let's gather the troops on the O-line and push this ball down the field and see what we get out of it. And it's worked for them so far. I don't expect Foreman to have 30 touches again. Like, I, I realistically like him to get anywhere from uh, 18 to 22. You'll probably see uh, Chubba get in there with maybe even 8 to 10. But I like Foreman's upside more. He's looked like the better RB there. Like I said, even when they said Chuba was our guy, I was like, no, 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 back up, back up. That's that's just not going to be the way it plays out here. Like Foreman was great at the end of last year. He was another, you know, trade deadline, you know, guy that, again, you don't have to overspend on that should give you a healthy, safe floor, like you had mentioned, down the stretch of the season, right? Like that guy that you can trust for eight to 10 points, give me that to throw in my flex, you know? Uh, I think where I had already acquired him, I had, you know, Aaron Jones, I had Joe Mixon. Uh, Elijah Mitchell coming back from injury. So I felt really good about putting him into that mix where I'm always going to be able to roll out a very steady amount of uh, uh, running backs, you know, in my starting spot and my flex. Yeah. And, and like I said, I mean, I, I don't hate it. Um, it's just mm-hmm. the matchup for Baltimore is just not conducive for running backs. I mean, I, it's not the hardest 13th fewest, 13th yeah, fewest fantasy points to the running it's back really position. middle of the pack, but it's yep. just kind of like, it doesn't give I, you that like sure feel confidence. Yeah, and I mean, but honestly, neither does Davis. So, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I you could coin flip those two. I feel like and gonna get a, a lot of Greg Newsom this right week. One. A lot of Greg Newsom on Gabe Davis this week. Maybe some John Johnson. I feel like he can make some plays on those guys. Like I, I that mm-hmm. I would trust. But again, oh, well, I don't know if I said this before, but I've told you before. The Bills are on my shit list. So I've got I had Gabe Davis way down until I found out, you know, that the game was being moved to Detroit. And when I put this grouping together, I was under the impression that, you know, Gabe Davis was going to be playing in the snow. He was going to be making snow angels. Yeah, so, the, the tough thing is, is honestly, to tell you the truth, the Bills, I, I watch them every Sunday. I'm a Bills fan. Obviously, if you're not watching this, um, you wouldn't see all the Bills shrine behind me. But the issue with Gabe Davis sometimes is they don't really move him around a ton. He kind of just mm-hmm. plays on the outside and he just draws, sometimes it draws the harder corners um, and he doesn't right. really get targeted as much. Their, their main focus in the past game is digs. Um, they move him around, they put him in different spots, they get him a little bit more creative. So mm-hmm. Davis is kind of an accessory that really, unless they hit that deep shot, you don't see him produce a lot for fantasy. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the struggle with Davis. That's why I said, you got to know what you're getting into. If you're going to start Leave him, me, man. Be ready to be burned because it, it very well could happen, but he could also win you a week. We saw it in that playoff game, you know, like four oh, touchdowns. God. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the, the upside's there. I mean, he scored, I think, the longest play in the NFL this year on that touchdown in, mm-hmm. what was it, two weeks ago, that 98-yard bomb or 90-yard bomb there. Um, so the upside's huge. It's just the lows are very low. 
Right. Very high highs and very low lows. So I was I was looking forward to watching Josh Allen just you know rocket that ball through the wind, you know. But you know, definitely a little bit more upside this week, you know, in the dome against Detroit. So yeah, I agree with you. They're 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 pretty close, but like we like we both said, the volume is king. We're leaning towards a uh, form in there. All right, let's uh, look at some trade grades. Uh, Jeremy, take these however you like. Redraft dynasty. I hate this trade. I'm vetoing this. Who is the commissioner of this league? These guys are crazy. I want this side. I want that side. Whatever it is, just just uh, let's hear your feedback. All right, side A. We got Kenny Walker, T. Higgins, Mike Williams, four, Travis Kelsey, Leo Fournette, Paris Campbell. What do you like here? I mean, it's really this is it. It sounds very lopsided. Like, if you told me this, I would sit there and be like, someone got Walker Higgins and Mike Williams for basically Travis Kelsey at this point. Travis Kelsey, yeah. But if you really think about it, I, I almost like the Travis Kelsey side, especially if you're playing in, like, a redraft format. Um, mm-hmm. Dynasty, I'm obviously taking side A. It's heavily side A for me there. Walker has yeah. proven to be the guy. Higgins is great wide receiver um even when long Chase term. is healthy yeah. long term yeah. mike williams still has length uh, on his career left um, i know mm-hmm. he's been battling injuries this year but all three of those long careers ahead of him leonard fournette not so much paris campbell we've seen he can't necessarily stay healthy all the time he's having a good year this year but mm-hmm. unfortunately and that's the struggle with him is that he's always had a struggle to stay healthy um, he's always been talented just happens to be that he's staying healthy this year he's having a good year but it's tough to not take the Kelsey side because of what we talked about earlier when we we're talking about the Dolchich start sit with Firemuth. You know, Kelsey's the only tight end to not finish outside the top three this season, other than one one week. That's mm-hmm. the only time that he did. Um so Travis Kelsey really is a cheat code at the tight end position. It almost gives you a, a fifth wide receiver, fourth wide receiver, depending on how many you start. Yep. So the positional advantage leans heavily to side B for me just because of Kelsey. Um and Campbell and Fournette are going to have enough value. I know Rashad White's taking his job, but Leonard Fournette's going to still see some touches to be a flex play. Um, so, yeah, I, I honestly redraft. I'm going to take B, Dynasty, mm-hmm. I take A. So I'll give you both. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I really only <laughs> want – I really only want side A, in, in bo- really in both formats, because if you're getting off Kelsey – it means you have another tight end. You got to have somebody that you're that you trust, right? Like I don't know who it is. Maybe they're uh, you know banking on David and Joku to come back healthy with you know um, with Deshaun Watson. Maybe maybe that's the case. But could you think of another tight end that you would be comfortable in giving away Kelsey? I can't. I mean, it's highly unlikely that the the guy would be Mark. And Andrews. if you had Dalton Schultz, okay. Tyler Higby, if you're feeling really oh really no. Frisky. no 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 no. I played that game. Because, I played that game. No, 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 no. Just because My pants you're got expecting, burned. you know, I, I feel like I could see somebody making a deal like this, like, oh, I'm weak at running back. Maybe they had Cooper Cup and they had oh, Higby God. as well, you know, and they're like, oh, I really yeah. need a wide receiver. But, oh, I have Kelsey, too. So, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, Higby's going to see more because Cup's down. I'll move Kelsey because I can get the most for Kelsey. Like, that's he's a, mm-hmm. one of the best trade targets. You know what I mean? If you want to move and oh, yeah. a couple positional players, Kelsey's the trade. It's just – I mean, Hawkinson, if you had Hawkinson, depending, it depends mm-hmm. on how the draft went. You know, some people might have been down mm-hmm. on Hawkinson or Komet. You know, maybe someone really believes mm-hmm. in Cole Komet that they got off waivers. So I could see where someone trades Kelsey. Um, 
I wouldn't do that. Where, uh, yeah, where, but, where it's even risky. You know what I mean? Like that. Right. Like I could see someone picking up Komet and be like, all right, I'll just trade Kelsey, get these two guys, and now I got Komet. And then you could get caught. <laughs> yeah, you might get caught with in your pants down. Situation. I I like getting the an RB1 in Kenneth Walker. He had a, a low game last week, but he still had six catches in a bad week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he was still used no matter what. He feel he and Travis Kelsey have the safest floors here. T. Higgins has been on and off with injuries. Mike Williams, we're still waiting for him to come back. I like Paris Campbell uh, with Matt Ryan at quarterback, so that definitely upgrades his value. Leo Fournette, we're not sure, you know, how long he's going to be out. Is it going to be a one-week thing or a multi-week thing? And that's the thing for me is like the roster utility that I'm getting back from side A, whether it's for the rest of this season, whether it's dynasty or going forward, I feel like I'm getting more, right? Like there may be some weeks where you don't know if you're supposed to start Paris Campbell. Uh, There could be some weeks where we just see the same um, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette could come back and somehow even be worse than he has been because he's, he's going to be coming back off an injury. So for me, I'm taking uh, Kenny Walker, T. Higgins, and Mike Williams. I feel like they're just easy locks in my lineup for the rest of the season and going forward as long as they're healthy. I don't hate it. Like I said, I can make an argument either way, both sides. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, I think this one's a very good dynasty conversation. Justin Fields straight up for Jamar Chase. I feel like for redraft, like like anybody will give up the spare quarterback. You know what I mean? Like especially in a single QB league. So what do you think about this one long term? If we're looking at this long term, I'm staying with Chase. I I, I like Justin Fields. I like what he's doing. But there's still that bust factor there. Jamar Chase, to me, has proven that he's not a bust. Um, even this year, he was having a, a decent year. It was a little down in the beginning, but he was still having a very good year. Very dynamic player. Um, he was on the upswing before getting hurt, for sure. Yeah, and then he gets hurt, and now he's kind of down. Um, mm-hmm. And especially when you're looking at Dynasty, it is what it is. You're going to lose this year. But the receiver shelf life tends to be a little bit longer. Um, and with Fields really relying on his legs at the moment, um, which is making him very fantasy relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, there still needs to be a step made at the passing aspect of his game to continue to be an NFL quarterback. So I would mm-hmm. be worried that Fields – it's the same argument we made with Hurts too, though. So, you know, it's tough. It's like, yes, he's good with his legs, but he still needs that step of the passer. Like, the NFL could replace him. They could do this. They could do that. Mm-hmm. And Hertz just continues to defy that and continues to be a, a good quarterback. And he's going to be in Philly, I think, for a little bit still. So I think Fields can do that. I'm not saying that he's not going to, um, but it's way too risky for me to give up Jamar Chase, who is like a bona fide top five wide receiver for Dynasty for fantasy going forward, tied mm-hmm. with Burrow, who has proven that he's an NFL level quarterback for sure. So for me, I would easily gobble up the Chase side here. Um, yeah. I think it would be really difficult for me to give up Chase. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know of a wide receiver group where I'm going to have him second or third. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like the utility on my roster for Justin Fields, it's more likely that I I do own him as my third or fourth quarterback. It's, mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's more relevant in the fantasy football community. You know, you were able to get Fields for a lot cheaper, whether it be previous trades, the uh, you know, your rookie drafts or whatever, I think that he still had less upside. A lot of people were lower on him, you know, coming out of his class, right? Like he wasn't the he wasn't Trevor Lawrence. You know, he he was uh give me another one. Um damn it. Why am Trey I drawing Lance. a blank? Trey don't even get me started on Trey Lance. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean again, he was right there. I mean, for yeah, me, well, you know, my rookie drafts, you know, it was Lawrence, Fields, and Lance. Those were like the three that went. 
mm-hmm. early. And then Zach Wilson was really the one who fell. Mac Jones fell um, as far and as field. fantasy drafts went. But right. like Fields, again, then they'll had a huge buy window when he just kind of face planted in year mm-hmm. one. So I think you, if you got Fields, you could have, like, if you said for like the third quarterback, it's highly likely that maybe you made a trade mm-hmm. once that first year happened and everybody's like, oh, this kid's bad. I'm going to move on from him. Exactly. You know? Um, so I could see that, but I honestly could see where Chase is a guy that you could be disposable only just because I, I mean, it depends on your league and how the dynasty league format falls. But mm-hmm. like, I feel like Chase could be a guy that you have, maybe he's not like your third wide receiver, but he could be your first, but you could have a grouping that has a pretty good outlook. You know, you could mm-hmm. have, um, you could have been a decent team. Maybe you got Chase and then, um, this year you were decent middle of the pack. You know, you got an Olave, you got a Garrett Wilson, you know, like you're looking at like, Hey, I have this I'm guy. Sorry. He's not as good, but like I can move chase and I have Taylor Heineke as my second quarterback in a super flex, you know, like mm-hmm. I could see a, a path for that, but I still feel like like I'm holding chase and I'm just going to draft a quarterback this coming year in dynasty, sure. um, depending on how my picks play out. But maybe if I have no picks that are coming up, like, I could see a scenario where it happens, but I, I ideally don't want to. Mm-hmm. Do you know what yeah, I mean? For, for me to pull the trigger on this, yeah, I, I agree. I have to be sitting in a situation where I've got, you know, Heineke, I've got Kenny Pickett, I've got Matt Ryan. I need to pivot off of older quarterbacks. In our dynasty league that we're in together, the 101, I traded Stafford, Hayden Hurst, and Zay Jones for Justin Fields. And that was before the Cowboys game. I'm feeling damn good about that all i wanted to do in that trade was just get off of matt stafford that's it i just wanted to get off of him he's obviously declining this year i think he's playing hurt and i felt i felt great about that and that was before fields even i mean he had a a good game or two but he hadn't really taken off yet he wasn't putting up you know the 40 point games yeah you got him right at the perfect time oh yeah absolutely and And that's that's not always gonna happen well, that's that's but not it could have went happen. the other way. You know what I mean? That's just oh, how oh, trades absolutely. work. You know? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Cooper Cup doesn't get hurt. You know, you yeah. you get Van Jefferson back, and you know maybe Kyrene Williams comes back and he plays well, and the offense turns around. Yeah, ab- absolutely. That's that's it's never always going to work out that way. Believe me, dude. I traded I traded Tyree Kill for James Robinson, Brandon Cooks, and DJ Moore. Oh, I that didn't sure pretty bad trades. That didn't work out. Okay, that's one, not, it's one, not looking one involved good. Jamar Chase in his rookie year. So don't even get me started. I'm still past about it. I traded you Calvin. I traded you Calvin Ridley, and then he got suspended. <laughs> yeah, that did work out. That worked out pretty good. It's gonna work Sorry out next year. That. It's gonna work out next year. Yeah, I still love my boy Calvin Ridley, but I I do too. I do too. But all right, let's get back into it. Here we got uh, a couple more trade, and, and we'll make the over unders pretty quick here. Next up, I, I like this one a lot. This one feels like a fair trade. Uh, side A is Devonte Adams and Nick Chubb. Side B is Aaron Jones and Debo Samuel. I think that both sides have a lot of upside here. I, I, it's kind of tough for me to interpret. You really just got to pick your poison. What what you like the most? <laughs> I feel like this is like a trade that I'm just kind of like, why did they? I feel like they made this trade just a trade. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good point because I mean? it's like, it's I super even. It's super it, even. It is and it's just like Nick Chubb kind of started the season real hot. You know, he, he's still cool one of the best cool. runners in the NFL. Yeah. But like he's still he's kind of fallen off, you know, the last couple of weeks he's finished in that normal range, you know, that that mm-hmm. six to ten range is kind of where he falls in fantasy, just on a lack of the PPR upside, especially because most leagues I feel like are PPR or half. So he kind of falls in that that mid level RB one. It's not bad, not good. Um, but Aaron Jones has been sitting in that same spot. You know, I mean, he had some bad year, uh, bad weeks, but he's kind of turned mm-hmm. around. He's kind of that low end RB one again. 
Um, I think the upgrade I really like is the Devontae Adams side. I know he's boomer bust, um, but I feel like Adams has more upside than Debo Samuel um, mm-hmm. just because of the Christian McCaffrey addition. You know, you've got Elijah Mitchell coming back. And I kind of felt like this is where it's been, and you've seen it the last couple of weeks. I I mean, it's not like Debo's having bad games, but he's not going to have those explosive games. You're not going to mm-hmm. see him in the backfield as much. Yeah, here or there, they might run him in the gadget. But McCaffrey's now that guy, you know. McCaffrey can run with some power to him. Um, so I feel like Debo's kind of lost a little bit of that gadget tarp of mm-hmm. his game but that's really mm-hmm. what made his game for fantasy um Debo's a good wide receiver at the NFL level but he's not great um and that's I've always been kind so of running back down. yeah it, it, he's just I've also been down on him in general you know I get a lot of questions like at the beginning of the season you know like I have some dynasty ranks up at FTN's website and me and Jeff Radcliffe are the only two that have it and like Radcliffe had Debo really high, which is it's fair. You know what I mean? And if you like Debo, it's good. It's coming I off a big him, season. It, I get yeah, it. And I, I had him significantly lower, but I just didn't mm-hmm. like Debo Samuel. So like, but we got that question. Oh, why are you guys so far apart on him? You know, it, mm-hmm. it just, you, you're personal. It's, it's how you feel about that guy and where you're at. So for me, I just didn't like that Debo didn't have necessarily a proven huge receiving aspect to his game like yes he can do right. it he's good at it i'm not saying he's bad and i'm not saying that he's a terrible wide receiver but Devonte adams has proven that he's a wide receiver debo samuel is kind of a wide receiver but his real value came in those touchdowns those rushing attempts that mm-hmm. ability to be used almost as a swiss army knife where i feel like shanahan's gotten away from that now that he has cmc iuk starting to, to really come into his own and be a better wide receiver um, so Debo still getting some work and he's not terrible, but Devontae Adams is the guy in Oakland or Las Vegas. Gosh, you know, I would knew I would do that. You know, I haven't done that since they moved and here it is, you know, it's I, like I wrote Pat Farr mooch. It's all right. Like, it happens. It, they should have stayed in Oakland. Sorry, Oakland fans, but, um, no one's going to the games, man. I mean, what it, are you going to do? It's whatever. But anyways, I still lean Devontae Adams, Nick Chubb. I'm just going to end now. Cause I am embarrassed. I said Oakland over Vegas. You're okay, bud. You're all right. I've, you know, I've, I've done, I did the Redskins thing for a while. And then like my partners to my right and left would be like football team. Like, okay, I, my bad, my bad. Like, you know, there's some acclimation. It's all good. It's all good. I am, times in a year. I'm in agreement with you really because the, the upswings have really gone in favor of Devonte Adams and Nick Chubb, given their rosters. Nick Chubb is about to get back to Sean Watson. I would anticipate even if Watson is rusty He's gonna, you know, evolve the offense a little bit. Things are gonna run a little bit more smoothly, less stall drive, more uh, drives. Excuse me, more visits to the red zone, and hopefully more scoring. Devonte Adams, he, you know, same quarterback, but Hunter Renfro to the IR, Darren Waller getting shut down. Like, there's more opportunity that should naturally flow his way with these injuries. Albeit Hunter Renfro and Waller weren't doing much this season, but he's going to have that consistency. I know he's questionable for this week, but I like his opportunity to finish the season strong with less talent on the roster. And I like Nick Chubb's chances just because of the you know um, supposed upcoming Deshaun Watson upside increase. Love Aaron Jones. He's finally starting to get that you know Alvin Kamara level production, what I felt like he was going to start the year with. He didn't finally getting it now and you had mentioned Debo uh CMC was a good point but also Elijah Mitchell is back and they're kind of splitting uh splitting hairs there Elijah Mitchell had you know more red zone carries than CMC in his first game back which is unbelievable Brent the emergence of Brandon Ayuk and eventually George Kittle has to score a touchdown so 
a little too many mouths to feed the, uh, feed there. And I agree with you. Obviously, the lack of you know rushing upside for Debo going forward going to hinder him in fantasy. Uh, do we know if he cleared his bonuses yet? Because that that's going to suck. That's going to suck for him if 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 not. Because yeah, I know I that he had some crazy. He had some crazy incentives for the for the rushing, and there's just no need anymore when you have Elijah Mitchell, who averaged a hundred all-purpose yards per game as a rookie. Everyone just forgets. I was listening to Michael Fabiano today on the radio, just burying the 49ers for not using CMC enough. And it's just like, bro, like Elijah Mitchell is good at football. Like you need to just calm down. All right. Like they're trying to win I, games. We're we're trying to win fantasy leagues. Like there's a difference. I'm not saying Mitchell's bad, but like it's CMC. You oh. go out and you make that deal. It, it really should be CMC leading those touches. Yeah, give Mitchell here or there. And if he sure. finds success, okay, maybe ride him. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Mitchell, I mean, he wasn't having a bad game, but it's like it wasn't like he was playing hey, better than McCaffrey, you know? It's kind of like that. I want to coach an NFL team. They're not going to let me, all right? If they did, <laughs> I'd give CMC more touches, but they're not letting me, co- they're not nah, letting me coach or be a coordinator. And, but, again, you know, I, I think Mitchell, if I remember, I'm not 100% because I don't, like, have that memorized but i think mitchell's a little bit more sturdier we'll put it that way a little thicker yeah he's a, he is a strong so guy he's a strong guy but there's a reasoning behind it um but see that's what they're gonna and that's where Debo's not getting those touches now maybe they're leaning mm-hmm. to elijah mitchell who's a, a very good football player like you said you know aside from Debo samuel who kind of took that role last year to take some of those hits off of elijah mitchell or when mitchell was missing so Exactly. I could also exactly. see them being a little bit stingy and be like, yeah, Debo, we ain't giving you your incentives. <laughs> we don't need Unreal. you. <laughs> well, they had to give up four draft picks for, for CMC, so they're paying up one way or the other, whether it's uh, paying to, to Debo or paying in draft capital. They yeah. they gave up. They gave up some assets. So, All right, man. This has been a great show. We're going to just kind of rapid fire here on the over-under picks for the fantasy uh, point projections. Uh, we've got one from each position, a quarterback, a running back, a receiver, and a tight end. First up, we've got Justin Herbert, 19 and a half fantasy points at the Kansas City Chiefs. Over under. Under. Been Just under the pa- yep, he's been under the past two weeks. However, Kansas City is allowing the fourth most fantasy points to the quarterback position. So I'm going to buy the dip in Herbert. He's going to come up this week. I'm going the over. Uh, we've got Jonathan Taylor versus the Eagles. 14 and a half. Over. Okay. Uh, again, I'm going under here. I feel like it'll it'll be close. Um, Philly I think he's over. I mean, we we saw what like we just said the Commanders did to them with Brian mm-hmm. Robinson and Antonio mm-hmm. Gibson, far less talented than the Jonathan Taylor. Um, right. Colts offensive line looked a little bit better now that Saturday's there. I, I think Saturday's realized, hey, let's get these offensive linemen blocking downhill a little bit. Let's not, you know, let, let's get back to Colts football here. You know, let's so, run the ball. Let's yeah. run the ball. So, uh, you know, a, a former center, I no surprise he wants to run the ball, but you know, uh, I, I think they could find a little bit of a gap there, and I, I think Taylor has a pretty big week. I'm his top five this week, so right on, I right think on, he's right over on. fourteen and a half, easy. I don't know where I have him in the rankings. I might be able to get that pulled up. Um, Deion Jackson going to be back, baby. You know they love that Deion when he's healthy. They love them that some Deion the Jackson. Regime. That no, was the old regime. You're right. Over. You're right. You're you're right. You're, you're not wrong. Why would we think that? No, I love that video of Jeff Jeff Saturday and Peyton Manning arguing. He's like, we need to run the ball. It's like, you're a center, Jeff. You don't call plays. Yeah. <laughs> like, Meanwhile, it comes out and Jonathan Taylor touches the ball pretty much every play. No. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, next up, we've got Amon Ra St. Brown, 12 and a half. Friendly number, but at the Giants, not a friendly matchup. What do you think here? Um, I'm going to say over. 
Um, I think he's a pretty big integral part of that Lions offense. I know the Giants have been pretty tough and uh, yep. stingy to wide receivers, but they kind of move Ramon Ra around. He's kind of the only option. I mean, they, I know they have other guys there. I mean, it's not like he's the only guy out there, but like he sees, a, he's, he sees a pretty good amount of target share I, in in a small range that I could see for Sam PPR. I think he can get there. I think he scores. So I think he can get the 12. I'm not worried about James Mitchell or Brock Wright this week. So yeah, give me the over. Give me the over there. I feel like the lesser talented receivers might get hogtied by the Giants mm-hmm. defense. I feel like it's a big Amon Ra week. Yeah, uh, and then the last... Giants defense moves corners. So I think Amon Ra could get a better share. Because I think that the outside corners are a little better. Right. If I remember correctly for the Giants. So Yeah. And and like you said, they, they move Amon Ra around. He's a slot guy. He's on the outside. He's going to be in motion. He's going to be used as a gadget play. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's, he, he should be uh, fine this week. I like him over 12 and a half. And then uh, last up here, Hayden Hurst uh, taking on Pittsburgh, who has given the 11th fewest fantasy points to the tight end position. We're looking at, sorry, I didn't see the number, nine and a half. I'm going to get spicy. I'm going to go over. Yeah. I I like, they're, I like... they're not uh, uh, the best defense, but they're not mm-hmm. the worst to tight ends. And I think without Jamar Chase, they're going to be looking at, at least Hayden Hurst's way. He's seen a decent target share every week, so. I like the uh, I like the tight ends in that game. I like me some Hayden Hurst. I like me some Pat Fryermuth. And similar to the Fryermuth uh, argument that I made earlier, right? He and Mark Andrews had the most fantasy, or not most fantasy, the most targets up against uh, the was it the who are they playing? The Bengals, duh, the Bengals. Hello. And in this same matchup, going up against the Steelers, Hayden Hurst has eight, and the only one who went over that was David Njoku. So another very good option. In week one, Hayden Hurst had five catches on eight targets for 46 uh, receiving yards. Only 7.3 fantasy points, but it's been a long time since week one, and Hayden Hurst is, he's got a pretty big focal point in that offense right now. So I like the over there too. And I'll say Hayden Hurst, anytime touchdown scorer, but she scores. I like it. I like it. Like I said, I like the tight ends in that game. I would like – I give me him and Fryermuth for the parlay. Let's go. Ooh, Let's spicy. Go. Spicy, indeed. I'm also going to need Kenny Pickett on the card with an interception. And, uh, <laughs> with seven interceptions. No. No, just, no just, 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 just one. Just one. <laughs> All right. Very good, man. I appreciate you coming on. Been a long one and a good one. Let everybody know where they can find you and what content do we need to be looking out for? What, what articles? What do, we, what do we need to be uh, searching for the Popes? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, and yeah, you can find all my content over at FTN Fantasy. Um, I have a Friday one is a ECR consensus versus FTN rankings. Um, kind of gives you a sneak peek into our rankings. Uh, I also have a takeaways article on Monday and Tuesday. I have a dynasty moves article. Um, rankings are over there. Uh, and I have a start sit show every Sunday morning. So if you want to join me, feel free. It's on the FTN YouTube. Uh, right on. Other than that. Draft season's almost here, so as far as Twitter goes, at Pope's FFH, uh, the rookie threads will be coming soon. So I know that's a just, pretty enjoyable. Just like winter. Just like winter. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming, baby. I love it. All right, and be sure to uh, like the video. Follow us on uh, YouTube at SGPN Fantasy and follow us on Twitter at SGPN Fantasy. Take care, be well, be good, and if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.